Aloha and welcome to Connection to the Cosmos with your host, me, Dr. Lisa Thompson, where I have out of this world conversations with extraordinary people. Today, I am so excited to have my good friend and soul sister, April Dodd on, and I'll bring her on in just a moment for just a couple of quick announcements. Um, first, if you are watching this on YouTube, be sure to subscribe to the channel so you can get all the new podcast releases. If you're listening on any of the podcast outlets, thank you so much. If you're here watching on Facebook, please give us our, your comments and we will be happy to answer those. Um, another announcement that I have also is that Connection to the Cosmos, Remembering Your Galactic Heritage and Embracing Your Oneness is available on Amazon as well as my website. Amazon will get it to you faster though. And my Oracle Deck Connection to the Cosmos Oracle Deck is available and you can get both of those on my website at mysticmanta.com or drlisajthompson.com. And if you are visiting the Big Island of Hawaii, come on one of my Big Island UFO tours and see the night sky in a way that you will never forget. Okay, so now, without further ado, we're going to bring on Miss April Dodd. Hi, April. Hi, Lisa. So I'm going to just share with the audience um, who you are, for those that don't know. For the last 20 years, April L. Dodd, M.A., has been helping divine women design a life more powerfully driven by extraordinary living than by dull mediocrity. Internationally known as a transformational life design coach, April is one of the first and select few certified and accredited U.S.-based belief coding facilitators a mind-blowing subconscious process that helps women to gain their inner authority by going from deeply stuck, trapped, and limited to unwavering and free in a short order of time. Can't wait to talk about that since I got to have my session with you. Hailed as absolutely phenomenal by the very founder of Belief Coding, April serves as a best-selling author, speaker, and alchemist of beautiful living to women from all over the world who have drawn inspiration, guidance, and potent spiritual direction to embody a soul-aligned life with ease, power, and femininity. With an exceptional master's in spiritual psychology, three best-selling books, and an unshakable obsession with stalking the mystery between soulful spirituality and joyful pragmatism, April has been sharing her own generative processes for an extraordinary 20 years to motivated women who are ready to drop their excuses and move into a higher realm of personal power. April's straightforward and loving approach dares her clients to shake things up and be the evidence of spirit, finding celebration through them. Wow, April, <laughs> so much goodness there. And I do want to um, just give the audience some background as to how you and I first came into contact. We were both um, fortunate to be speakers for the Celebrate Your Life Soul Fest a couple of years ago. And we were part of that speaker program. And I just, I have loved you since day one of meeting you. And then, you know, we've been in masterminds and all sorts of right. other parenting group together. You know, we, we have a lot um, in common. And I just, I just want you to know how much I appreciate you being here and how much I love you. Thank you. <laughs> That's so nice to hear. I didn't know that. So thank you. 
<laughs> there you go. So before we get into all the great things that you do, um, the first question that I always ask my guests is, what kind of household did you grow up in, in in your childhood? Was it spiritual? Was it religious or something else? All right. Well, that's always an interesting question. And it's interesting because I'm the youngest of six and all of us had different experiences. Oh, and you know, we all come into the world in a different way with a different curriculum to have to fulfill and, and that's embedded in us. And for me, we, had attempted to go to church a number of times, but my dad was an alcoholic okay. and um, especially when I was younger. And so my mom was not about to take six kids to church. So, and she had to work extra to help, you know, make up for what my dad was losing. But over the years, um, I would go to church with friends, no church in particular. I just loved being in the energy of the space. I just loved the sacredness of it and the ritual. And um, I used to talk to whatever that source was. I didn't know what it was called. You know, people around me called it God. And so I called it God. It was actually when I was three years old that I had my first, what I'm calling now, spiritual experience. But I always had this knowing this um, of this presence around me. It, it didn't feel separate for me. It's just like it came with the package of being born into this planet. And here I was. And it was my third birthday. And we just had a celebration inside. And I wrote this in one of my um, one of my books. You might be, I think you're part of the same book. I'm not sure uh, all the compilations we've done. Yeah. But um, I went outside to celebrate and show my friends my new toys. And my friends were the sky, the tree, and whatever that presence that I was, I knew was there. That was just, you know, of course it's there. There was no question about it. And yes. so that was kind of my first experience. And I went out there and I. I had, I went to show them and I just remember feeling how great life was. And I think I remember saying that, like, life is so great. And then you could hear my family loud in the background. And I turned and looked and, and then I looked back up the sky and I was like, why doesn't everybody get that? And in that instant, it was like uh, the words I would use now is like, I was downloaded with this knowing of that I was here to help show how great life was. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't take that as like, you know, I am better than anybody or anything like that. It was like, oh, okay, great. Let's do this. And of course, I've had a number of iterations for what that means. Mm -hmm. You know, there was the ego part of me, you know, in those years. And then there was the, I got to get everybody on board. You know, everybody's got to have a like, great life. And, you know, there's a lot of teachings that I've learned in that process. And my dad was the one who would um, talk to me more about things like that. My dad studied history. Okay. So he had next to his table just stacks of books, history books on anybody from Hitler to Jesus. And he would always tell me, April, learn from the greats. And there mm -hmm. are many of them. Take what works and leave the rest. And that's always been my process. And because of my childhood and growing up in a family of dysfunction and being highly sensitive, I never wanted anybody to feel the pain that I had felt growing up just being alone and crying and feeling the experiences I had. And so mixing all this together, it became my passion to really hold a hand out to people and walk together to come home Yeah, for others to see that life is really great and we can find those ways and we can have the support we need and we can get out of the, the dysfunction. We can get out of the hard places and that love really is the answer. And so that's been my compass 
since I was very little, sometimes I wished it wasn't there because I can't stop thinking about it. Can't stop <laughs> focusing on it. Like I'd like to like take a vacation sometimes from it, but it's definitely a deep calling within me that just started by being in the environment, the dysfunction and just the nudging to, to go ahead and learn it in my own way. And that's, yeah. that's how it started when I was young. Well, that's beautiful. And sometimes, I mean, I've learned this personally, sometimes those really hard situations that we're in is where the most growth is and evolution for us. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So we shouldn't be afraid of those places. Right. Just the place we got to go through to get to the other side and reveal the, the gems that are waiting for us. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, so then what did that look like going through, I guess, your teenage years or into your early adulthood in terms of trying to heal those parts of yourself? Like what were some of the different processes that you did in your early life before you then now came across belief coding, which we'll get to. Yeah. Yeah. So in, in high school, I was just kind of, I, how do you say that? I, I tried to fit in thinking I should, right? Yeah. Right. (laughs) Only to realize I didn't want to because Mm -hmm. it, it didn't resonate with me. So I, I didn't mind spending, I loved being by myself, um, but I always also felt like I was missing out. So I had a couple really close friends that I could really be myself with and do, you know, weird, wonky things. And, yeah. and I had a friend whose mom was pretty spiritual, more into the crystal kind of spiritual. And her and I would stand in the kitchen and chat while my friends were, you know, putting on makeup and trying on clothes. And, and I would stand and talk in the kitchen with, with my friend's mom. And so that was, you know, kind of my touchstone then. I would journal sometimes or write to God or I would do my own anything, you know, pray to God or pray to angels or whatever. Just I didn't know what to call it back then. I just knew that there was something else. And so um, I actually went to school and studied music because music was a passion of mine. It was my way to be free and express myself and to give myself a voice because I was actually hiding my own voice behind instruments. But it was my way of getting something out. And then I went to a master's program where I earned my spiritual psychology master's degree. And in that program, you do something called a life project where you do something that you've always wanted to do, but something got in your way Hmm. or mostly you, right? But something got in your way. Maybe you got married or joined the army, or you just had a deep sense of of belief that really kept you from that thing that you couldn't ever really let go of. And we got a chance to do that. And so I set a path to, um, to take voice lessons and dance lessons and acting lessons because it's what I really wanted to do. Because in first grade, I was told by a little girl who was in second grade that I was ugly, had a rotten voice and a rotten smile. And I believed her. I stopped smiling for years. I wouldn't sing. Uh, I'd sing in the closet, you know, and then as I got older, I'd sing in the car. And so, and I would hide my beauty too. I was too afraid that people wouldn't be friends with me. And it wasn't about what I looked like for me, it was, hey, do you want to be friends? Like I was excited to be here on the planet. And so when I got into this master's program and I got to take those dance lessons and acting classes and voice lessons, um, and I landed an audition here in Austin. And uh, the director, when I got done singing, I gave him my resume, which had one thing on there, which was I was a music teacher. Okay. And I didn't have any experience. And he looked at me and he said, so have you been in a show before? And I said, well, I, I kind of, and I pointed hesitantly to the one at the bottom that said, I'm, I was in this show that I kind of put on together with some first graders. 
<laughs> and he looks up and he goes, so you've never been in a musical before? And I was like, oh, that's it. I'm, you know, at least I tried. Yeah. And he takes his glasses off and he looks at me and he says, you mean to tell me you've been hiding that voice for this long? And I just like, I screamed all the way down the highway. I got the part in the show. Like it was a, the most amazing day. And I did that by having a deep, deep connection with my spirit. I did that by the way I was talking to myself and the way I was healing the old wounds from my childhood and really deepening my connection with my source, with my spirit. And so in that program and graduating with a master's in that, it got me out of teaching. And that's when I started to coach others on how to do the same kind of things, go after the things that they most wanted and get the things that were in the way out of the way so you could fully be yourself. Yeah. So that's what I did before I came to Believe Coding. But I've been coaching for 20 years and I honestly started to get bored in the okay. sense that everybody's calling themselves a coach. Everybody's yeah. saying the same thing. Everybody's marketing the same way, having the same kind of programs. And they're doing the things that I was doing in the beginning when nobody knew anything about it. And then I went and had my babies and came back out and all of a sudden everybody's a coach. And then, you know, I'm swimming in, in, in a, you know, red ocean of everybody, you know, going after each other to like have their own space. So I really was super excited when I stumbled across this ad on Facebook. And okay. so that's how you found it. An ad on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's it. Okay. And so it comes across your path. And I, I don't remember if we've ever done your human design. Do you know what you are in your human design? I think I'm a generator. Okay. So if you are, then you are waiting to respond to something. So that Facebook ad would be your thing that you're responding to. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Okay. I did. Um, and I, I took the free three J event. Okay. Um, and I was actually gardening at the time. And what's interesting about this, this was last fall. Mm -hmm. I took the three-day event and I was gardening, something I never do. But I was doing that because my whole spirit being needed to be, have my hands in the dirt. Okay. Because just about a month before that, I had what some people would call a kundalini awakening, a spiritual quickening that just came to and through me and just rocked my world and i could hear things see things feel things know things the veil had been very thin and it was like all these layers like i imagine when i was on stage you had these backdrops that could pull down from the ceiling it was like they all got pulled up and all of a sudden i could see in this profound way and the words that would come in and it was it was really jarring for me so i needed to get grounded and i was listening um, to this class as I was gardening mm -hmm. and I was following along with the steps and it was on the third day that I asked a question of myself in the belief coding process you come with a discomfort something I was uncomfortable about nothing huge you know not the big guns yeah and um, it led me to a memory that I would never have put together with the problem that I was having the current problem like that little thought felt so obscure that little memory that little experience but yet that was the one that started the whole thing i can tell you that years in therapy never would have brought me there yeah right right so that's how i got into it i was like okay wow this was pretty powerful 
And it was something new and it was rapid. It was rapid transformation. And then as I started studying more and becoming certified, just seeing the testimonies were just, it's the first time I could authentically say mind blowing. Okay. Well, so let's talk about um, how this modality was created or who the founder is and mm -hmm. like how long it's been around and then, and maybe some of the mechanisms of it. Yeah, for sure. So the founder is Jessica Cunningham. She's this gorgeous, beautiful, I don't know, I think she's 38. She lives in the UK. She's been studying all these different modalities, CBT, um, and NLP, matrix re-imprinting, past life regression, positive psychology, EFT, like all the things, and not finding the one that was the silver bullet. Right. We all find these, you know, tapping is really great, but it only gets you so far. And and right. even my master's program, you know, there's a lot of healing in that, but there were places that it just couldn't go. Yeah. And that was my frustration in my coaching. It's like I really wanted more for my clients and for myself. Mm -hmm. And so she put these pieces together in such a way with these questions and the process that created belief coding. And it really just came out last year. And it has exploded since. And so I think right now that we are at um, t about 23, I think, U.S.-based facilitators. Most of them are in the U.K. right now. Mm -hmm. And I'll be the first U.S. trainer to train facilitators to become facilitators. Okay. Coming here soon. Um, so if anybody's interested in that, yeah. that, that'll be coming up for sure. So anybody who's like, you know, really wanting to help their clients have, have, have the transformation they've been looking for. Mm -hmm. And that's what I wanted. And so that's how it started. She was also on the apprentice in the UK. I don't know how long ago, but she's this down to earth, authentic um, machine who like creates what she creates. She gets these downloads and creates them and they're, they're successful and they're authentic. She's very accessible. And mm -hmm. so building that relationship with her and, and wanting to really help bring it over here has been the next course of action that we're on. So that's super exciting. That is. Well, so let's talk about then over this last year mm -hmm. for yourself, how belief coding has changed your life. And then we can have some different examples of your clients and yeah. I'll share my story. <laughs> yeah. So in my life, you know, the first example was, was the one, uh, just a simple one. Um, you know, in the, in the free class, I was like, okay, I'll give this a shot. Thought of something that was a discomfort. And I was like, okay, money blocks. Let's, let's go with that one. You know, nothing super deep. Yeah. And um, where it led me to was actually a really positive experience. Most of the time when we're like in therapy or we do all these processes, we think it's going to be a negative experience. Yeah. This one was a positive experience of my dad I would ask him for money. I'm going out with my friends. Hey, dad, can I borrow some money? He'd say, sure, go get my wallet. Go grab the 10. There'd only be a 20. Hey, dad, there's only 20. It's okay. Take the 20, bring back the change. And he trusted me above a lot of my other siblings. He trusted me. So they felt like an honor. Mm -hmm. And subconsciously, and I didn't know I was doing this, but subconsciously, I realized, or subconsciously, I was taking in that my dad felt like a good dad for providing for me. Okay. My dad felt like a good dad because I was trustworthy. Mm -hmm. And I would bring back, you know, maybe $17 when I only asked for 10 and he'd be fine with it. 
I never crossed the line and was like always taking advantage of things. And so what that established in me was this thought that I never knew was there, which was if I make more money than my father, then he won't loan me money. He won't need to. Then he won't feel like a good dad. He won't feel proud of himself. He'll start drinking and then he'll die. Wow. That was the train of thought that when I went in and did the belief coding process was revealed to me that my, my money block was in large part afraid of making more money because my dad would die. Like, of course it doesn't make sense, but the subconscious yeah. holds these, the meta experience we're having at the same time as we're having the physical exchange, right? Mm -hmm. right. So that was the first one. Even deeper for me, was the process where I was working on the old belief of I'm unhelpable. Like if I go into a new program or, or um, start something, it'll only be successful for a little bit and then it'll come down. And I will have had to work super hard to get that little bit before it falls apart. And everybody else will get it, but it's not meant for me. Okay. And so this, I'm unhelpable, yeah. I have to settle, I have to tolerate, I have to work super hard, everybody else is going to get it, and there's going to be a few of us that aren't, But and I'm going to be one of those people. And it was written in code by God. That's okay. the belief. That wow. April, hey, you're going to be there to help show people how to settle. <laughs> Like for their, for their life lessons, for the good of their life lessons. Like this is really the ingrained belief that was in me. Mm -hmm. Doing the belief coding process, I got to realize I get to have an experience with that actual covenant that I had with God and to literally complete the covenant in the agreement with God yeah. to create a whole new one that felt so cellular for me that coming out, I literally felt free for the first time of this these chains that say I have to settle. I, I'm not, it's never going to be for me. And so now I'm, I feel free, like I'm super excited about what's coming. I can't wait for the things that are coming. Like, I feel like I've been, I've, I've just been set free and it's amazing. And the things that are already starting to show up, people requesting for me to be a part of their wellness centers here in Austin, people just coming to my door to like do work on the house. They, we talk and they're like, I want a session. It's not like, Oh, this sounds great. Give me your card. They're signing up for a session. Yeah. So like, it's starting to flow because I'm out of my own way now, which is such a freeing feeling. That is. And I know that a lot of our audience is going to resonate with that <laughs> because um, I think that people are the main cause of their own, like they're, they're their own blocks, right? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. So can you share a couple of examples of clients that you've helped that have had like some really major transformations? Yeah. In fact, I'll, it's one that happened this morning. Um, oh, okay. Well, I got the, I got the message this morning and this is still ongoing, right. but I have a client who's a, um, a young football player and he's 17 and he's had body aches and okay. just tensions and just his body's just aching. They couldn't figure out why he was also throwing up on the football field, goes out for a game. 
getting worse and worse. And so they did all the things, right? They went to the doctors. He went to the chiropractor, got a whole bunch of work done for a long period of time. Something started to shift for him, but the tension is still there. The MRI show nothing. Like there's nothing showing up anywhere. So they're just like mine. Yeah. Struggled here. Right. So we share the same chiropractor who heard about my work and wants, like I said, he wants me to uh, be a part of his new wellness center to work on the, the mind and the belief aspect in relation to the body. He referred me to this boy that he was working with. So we had our session this week and, and um, he had a game the next day. So the test was to see if the belief that we worked with actually coded. Now, I will say this. We didn't actually get through the full session. He's new at it. He's a guy. Guys kind of operate a little differently when you're doing some of this process. Yeah. So it can take longer. But I knew he was toast and I was too. It was a two-hour session. And so we just we did most of it, but not the actually the main meat of the belief coding. So we got to a part of it and I gave him a taste of what it's like. We got to work with a little part of him, a younger part of him that came forward, mm -hmm. um, just a little five-year-old inside okay. of him who had the experience of being at school. There was a race in the garden and he lost the race. And for whatever reason, that was the memory that the subconscious brought forward to work with. And we trust the subconscious because yeah. it knows what's connected to what's going on in our body. Exactly. So... Anyway, we have the session. I gave him this like, you know, five minute experience after we did all the talking and all the, you know, all the other things and give him the experience of having a connection with the inner five-year-old. Um, and so there was that. We're going to meet next week. So I texted him this morning and I said, hey, I know your game was last night. How did you feel? And he wrote back and he said, I threw up. And I was like, oh, bummer. Like, you know, I'm like, we're going to do something about this. Yeah. And, but then he says, but I felt great afterward. And I said, well, is that how you normally feel? And he said, absolutely not. And I said, that's incredible. What did you know? What did you notice was the difference? He said, I just felt lighter this time. It didn't keep going on. I didn't throw up anymore. And then I said, I, I don't remember what I said, but what he wrote at the very end was, it's crazy. Um, and I wrote back, I'm sorry, what, what's crazy? And he said, it's crazy how fast this worked. And we only did a little bit. To which I wrote back, and you're just starting, kid. Like, this is just the beginning. So I'm super excited for him because he wants a sense of normalcy. Right. He wants to feel like his normal self. He, gratefully, unlike a lot of us adults who've, you know, been just filled with all sorts of conditionings and all that he knows he's great he knows he's got so much potential and he's super excited to like get out there and live it but he feels this this ball and chain mm -hmm. on his ankle that every time he starts to go for it this body reaction happens and so i'm super excited to see my gosh we had just started yeah. And, and now this, I mean, I've got lots of stories, but those, that, that's my favorite one right now because okay. it's, it's the newest and he's the youngest and it's the first guy I've worked with. In right. Well, and, yeah, and being a guy, but also being in that team mentality as well, right. you know, yeah. could be more resistant sometimes. You would think. Yeah. But he was yeah. so, you know, people get to the place where they're like, I'm so 
tired of this issue. I've worked on it. I've talked about it. I've done uh, Reiki around it, you know, and not to bash any of that. Right. But when you get to the place where something is just not getting unstuck, that's where this comes in. That's where this can really just relieve things. And I think I shared with you the, the woman who was like biting her nails and the, there was just scabs all around her fingers so much that she was afraid to, I, I, if I remember correctly, she no longer did videos because she didn't want to be seen. She no longer did speaking because she didn't want people to see her. She stopped going out with people. Like it started to just like really darken her world. Yeah. She had one session and this is very common. She had one session worked on that issue. And then two weeks later, she posted a picture and her nails look like mine, which need a manicure, but she had like, you couldn't see, there were no more scabs. Mm -hmm. And this is the power of belief coding. It really gets to the main trapped emotion and the core event where it started. And then the process of working through that. Yeah. And then, yeah, yeah. coding a new belief. Yes. <laughs> right, right, yeah. right, exactly. Okay, so can you give some different examples of issues that people might come up with that might feel stuck? Because I want to help trigger people's minds for themselves, but also for friends and family. Yeah, so I wrote some of them down. You know, some people, because um, I, I thought this might be a question. So some of the, we really work with some of the limiting beliefs that continue to come up. And some of them are like, I'm always late. I'm not organized. Nothing ever goes right for me. It's their fault because you're making me feel like, like these are patterns people have in their lives. I'm not confident. Um, why, are there, why are they so much better than me? I'm not good enough to do this. It's not for me. I always attract bad luck. These are just some thoughts. I'm always making the wrong decision. Um, I've had people who come to me because um, they can't make friends or they, there's relationship, like just can't. I think I'm doing all the right things to have a relationship and it's not, working. In fact, men are repelling from me. Like, what's the deal? Um, people come about, I know people in the belief <clears throat> coding community work with chronic uh, illness, anxiety, depression, some mm. specialize in um, addictions, which would be my specialty. Um, I work more with uh, people who feel like high, high performance women who also have a divine connection, who want to get out of their way who really, you know, no matter how much they're talking about things, it, they're just stuck with it. I mean, yeah. there's so many different topics that come up that in the more specific you are, the more this works rapidly. So if you come with a broad one, like I have anxiety, that could take maybe four sessions or so, but it's not like a year of therapy, right? Right, right. And okay, so that's a really good point because, you know, some some things can be handled in one session, but, yeah. but I'm glad you brought that up. That it it's not necessarily like the magic bullet one time. That some things might take a little deeper work. Well, right? it does. You know, I've I found this even for me. This is this is kind of the irony. I because I had that belief I mentioned earlier that I'm the one it's not going to work for. I hadn't had my own breakthrough with belief coding because I had that belief. So we also have to work with people sometimes first to say, you know, do you, and we use kinesiology too, to kind of find out these answers. Do you believe belief coding can work for you? 
And when the body shows us no, but you're saying, yes, I want it to work, but there's a no in there. There's a reason for that no, and the subconscious is holding on to that. And so we work with that first. And then sometimes when you just clear that resistance that's in there, it clears up so many other things that are attached to that resistance. So that's one thing. And the second thing is some people have a secondary gain for keeping the pattern. Like what's the secondary gain maybe for biting nails? Well, my mom used to bring me sandwiches and, and special, special, you know, gloves for my hand. I felt loved. Mm. So sometimes we don't want to let go of our patterns because it's associated with a positive. And so when yeah. we can find first, if there's a secondary gain that's attached to your original discomfort, we work with that secondary gain first because there's no sense going to therapy and talking about how I want this and I want that when the whole time that big engine is running that says, oh, no, we're keeping this thing. Right. right. So like you waste hundreds and thousands of dollars trying yes. to figure out what's going on when you really didn't want it in the first place. Right. So we figure that out first to make sure that we're not going to use your session only to get someplace and then your body's still like, uh-uh, not doing it, you know? So that's really powerful. And I don't, I don't see that happening in any kind of modality. Okay. That's really interesting. Yes. Because I mean, I I have a couple different healing modalities myself and I I do think the people that come to me, like I've only had maybe a couple clients in all my years of doing regression therapy, right? They themselves put up their own wall like that. It's, they can't, they will only go to a certain point of relaxation because the ego is so strong. It's like, nope, we don't want to go there. Yeah. Yeah. And the subconscious is super strong because it's protecting you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's only going to show you, you know, my, so my brother, um, my, um, he's number five, I'm number six in the family. In 2013, he was randomly attacked and beaten and left to die in a ditch and his body Gratefully, he survived, but his body still is carrying the trauma. His okay. left hand will shake. He finds it hard to like tie a fishing line. His speech mm-hmm. is a little bit less slurred than it used to be, but it's slurred. Um, and so, and, and his walk is different. And so when I share with him about the opportunity he has with belief coding, it scares him. Okay. Because he's he's afraid that the that he's going to remember what happened to him because he doesn't remember. Okay. And but he's so scared that even when I tell him, the subconscious will never show you what you're not ready for. Yeah. It'll bring up other things to help prepare you along the way. And one day you will be ready for the next thing. It's always gonna show you what's here to work with and is available today. That's the most dominant thing that's available for you to work with. And that's what we find out in belief coding. And so my, my dream is for my brother to actually do the process and then I get to, you know, see the yeah. results, but we're not there yet. And that's okay. okay. That's okay. Well, sometimes with family, it takes a little longer. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. Well, he's, you know, I always say that when you come from a big family, you get to pick your favorites. Yeah. You know? He's, he's my favorite brother, <laughs> but you know, I've, Lisa, I've had you asked earlier about, you know, some, um, some sessions I've had a number of people go to past lives. I've had, um, 
you know, experiences with people who are actually not going to a past life, but going to, to a life as an alien or even as a tree or as an eagle. Like they have these experiences that come forward. And yeah. I know people want to go, some people want to go like, oh, how do you know you're not just making that up? Maybe you are. But that's what the subconscious brought forward for you to work with. If you're making it up about being a bird, there's a metaphor in there. There's something in that experience that's there for your growth and your learning that is there right now. And in this process, we don't go for anything that comes up. We find the dominant thing mm -hmm. that is most in the way and creating the current discomfort. So it's not just like some you know, any metaphor or anything that comes up, it's, we use the body to help us know what the exact thing is to work with. Yeah. So that's, that's different than, you know, just making stuff up. I've had people who just start crying. My friend Debbie, when I was first starting, she wanted to do a session and she, she's always in for trying all my new things, but yeah. she did the session and she wanted to work on the clutter in her house. We've been working on this for years. Like she's done all my programs. She's made progress, but this thing just kept getting her. Mm -hmm. And she started crying in the session. She goes, I don't know why I'm crying. I said, it's okay. You go with it. And what came forward was a past life. And she said again, April, I don't know why I'm crying. And she saw a man and she saw like, once she got into the story, it all made sense. And happy to report, like, her house is the cleanest it's ever been in all these years that I have known her from when yeah. even I was a teacher. Is wow. when I her. So it's this, anything can come forward. And yeah. we just use it and work with it because we're energy. We are. We work with that energy that wants to move, to clear, to be through you so that you can be the conduit, so you can be in the receiving and so you can be in the giving. Mm-hmm. Well, I loved my experience with you doing my belief coding. And I forgot, that was like a few months ago now. <laughs> it feels like forever ago, yeah. It feels so long ago. And, you know, I, when you're like, okay, think of something where you feel stuck. And I'm just like, I don't know what to, I don't know what to pick. So, I mean, I picked something that wasn't necessarily like a deep stuckness. It was cold calling. Yeah. Because I want to get out into the hotels, right? right I want right. to. I want concierges to like be promoting the UFO tours. And I have had uh, a couple professions where I had to cold call. And even though I am good at it, I know how to do it. It's not fun for me, right? That would like, right. I need to do things that are fun. <laughs> right. Great. So, yeah. So when we did the session and I got to experience the different modalities that are incorporated into bleep coding, I mean, it was fascinating because I have experienced all of those modalities independent of each other, right? And like right. they all, they go only so far on their own. But when you're incorporating all of these different ways of operating with the energy and the body and yeah. the computer of the body, right? Mm -hmm. So we were able to, in the one session, really make a huge transformation for me. Yeah. And even though still I haven't gone to the hotels <laughs> in all these months, but money just started flowing. It in. Did. I remember our text messages. You're like, well, I got a few more. And then it was like, I got a few more. And then it was like, I got a few more. Oh my God. Yeah. And 
And I don't feel the resistance to now going to the hotels. And in fact, um, one of the concierges, just as an example, one of the concierges that I had signed up with a year ago, who they, they have five different hotels that yeah. their company nice. sits at. Well, it had taken a long time for her to get my paperwork processed. And I mean, like, it was a, pro a big process we had to do it twice. And it was really frustrating for me. Um, just frustrating. Like, why can't you get your shit together? Yeah. <laughs> and so right. finally, and it was only a couple weeks ago, she's like, well, I need your new certificate of insurance. I'm like, I didn't even know I was set up with you. Okay, here it is. Because uh, you never told me. Yeah. that I was officially set up so I could actually go talk to your people because I'm already in the system. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So at least now I know I have five resorts where people I'm in the system and all I have to do is just go like, Hey, this is who we are. <laughs> right. And you didn't even really have to do the cold calling. Like you want no. it to be fun and yes. graceful and easy. And oh my God, Lisa, that's amazing. Yeah. Oh my God. Congratulations. Share that with you. That is so awesome. Well it's, done. it's different going in where I don't have to sell them something, right? Because sure. it's just sharing. Yeah. And, and really that's what it's about. It's just sharing like I know not my tour is not going to be for everyone. Not everyone likes UFOs and aliens, yeah. but there are a lot of people who do that are kind of yes. in the closet about it. Right, right, <laughs> right. If they know it exists, then they have another nighttime opportunity because I'm so happy for you. <laughs> I mean, you were on fire. So I mean, the slew of text messages, the, the one after the other, after the other, and then the book coming out and then just the way your messaging online is just the energy behind it is so, so strong right now. And yes. then hearing this on top of it. Oh my gosh, Lisa. Well, and I would just want to share another win from yes. this because, you know, again, I want, I want people to do this with you. Yeah. Everyone needs to do this. <laughs> and so I am part of a summit right now, one of those free spiritual summits that yeah. you and I have been a part of, right, right? Right. And this one, though, I I am sharing about the galactic message, and it's the first summit where I've really been able, where I've done that, right? All the other ones have been right. my other topics yeah. that I do: yeah. human design and past life and sacred soul space, right? Love. <laughs> so this time I'm like, okay, it's full galactic. Well, out of all the summits that I've been in, this is the most successful summit I have ever been a part of in terms of people actually signing up for my free meditations. <laughs> also, I am selling a package. I have a bundle package that, you know, I'm splitting with the producer, but I already um, have so many people that have signed up, paid money for my bundle package. Oh my gosh, Lisa. And that did not happen at these other summits when I was able to sell something. Oh my gosh, Lisa, that's a huge win. Yeah. Oh so, my gosh, I love this. Right? I love so, this. You know, I wanted to share that with you live instead Yay. of texting. That's incredible. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that it's, it's amazing what happens after the sessions because sometimes people don't really, f can feel really nothing. And that's quite often because you've been restored into a normal natural state. Like we don't notice your skin when it's just normally right. actually there. So when things just kind of return, mm -hmm. you just start operating. Yeah. And you don't notice it sometimes even for months later when you're like, oh my gosh, 
I'm just not realizing I've been doing this or I haven't been doing this for so long. I, there was one woman who walked into an elevator and then was like, oh, oh my gosh, I walked into an elevator. Like that was her thing. She came in about heights, um, the fear of heights and fear of elevators. And she just found herself in an elevator one day, didn't even think about it. Wow. And that's the kind of thing that can happen. And then the other thing is that when you clear one thing, I mean, when you're clearing the core thing, mm -hmm. that core thing is so is attached to so many other things, right? And so if you're attached, if you're working on this thing over here, yeah, you're not getting this one. You still have like four other experiences that were attached to this one. So you and I might have not even gotten to the core. We right. might have gotten to a big one offside of the core that impacts, you know, a lot of things. But there's there could be some things still in there. Mm -hmm. that are associated with this that you get to work on next and you've done the process so it should be pretty easy next time right yeah so oh, beautiful so beautiful to hear <laughs> so um so for people that are watching or listening um again i would encourage you to like consider getting a session do you do a little um like talking to people about it before they sign up because it because it's not a like small amount of money right to do well, this it, it's it's a two-hour session but so, it's like if you think about all the money the time like if you have been in therapy for years the amount of energy that it yes. takes to drive to the therapist sit there talk about it yes. and then drive home and yes. you know i know some people who have been in therapy for years yes right and things. they are still not healed yep. of their issues yeah i've had people come in and they and they you know, we, we start talking about if they're talking to me about the same thing they've been in therapy about. And then we start doing some of the process and they're like, oh, I know what this is going to be about. And I have to go, wait, stop. You're here in your conscious mind. We're not here to talk about anything, really. We're, yeah. we're going to let the body tell us what to talk about. We're going to let this process tell you what to talk about. And I cannot tell you how many people have said all these years of therapy and I've been talking about that thing. And it's really been this yeah. Oh my gosh. So it's like, what is the value that you put on that? What is the value of finding out now instead of years from now? Right. And, and what's, what's, what's the cost of not finding out right now? Yeah. I love that. Cause it's true. I mean, just all of the things that I've ever done in my life. I mean, and there, there are a lot of things that I have really gotten the value yeah, for sure, for and, sure. There, and there are some things where i'm like mm, okay well that was a learning <laughs> <laughs> we've all had those yeah that was some education you <laughs> probably the person doing it yeah we're all learning yes we're all, we're all out here yeah we are. so i i'm just so excited that you are one of these amazing practitioners and you get to now be training other practitioners again for those of you listening that are already in the healing field or already in the life coaching field, you know, this is something to consider because it is so new to the United mm -hmm. States. It's not saturated. Not yet, but I think it will be. I mean, they, I know that Jessica's goal is to have this be in the lexicon of, you know, what kind of modalities are you training or what kind of modalities do you offer? You know, CBT, EFT belief coding, like it's part of the, you know, the list. And, and I believe it will be the way that it has just literally taken off since just last year. Yeah. Excellent.
Um, and okay, and the other thing, so you're in Texas, yeah. but I'm in Hawaii, and so this is something that you can absolutely do sure. like over Zoom, yep. yeah, right? Yeah, in fact, I haven't yet, and partly because of the pandemic, but I haven't yet seen a client in person. Okay. I'm curious. I'm actually going to have my first one. Um, she's a feng shui, very successful feng shui designer here in Austin. She came over to my house. I used her years ago. She came over and we were talking about what she's going to do to my house. And I told her about belief coding and she was like, sign me up. I, I want to do this. And I was like, oh yeah, sure. Like thinking, oh, everybody says that. Yeah. She's like, no, can, can you come over next Friday? And I was like, Actually, I can because we can do it out in my Zen garden. And I was like, that's <laughs> going to be amazing. Right. right? You know, I haven't yes. done somebody in person, so it should be really interesting. But no, I mean, I've got people all over the world. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not, not getting on a plane and it's it's right. easy and it's it's a two hour session. It can yeah. be nine and a half, but it's, a, you know, especially for first timers, it's a two hour session because there's some debriefing we need to do and make sure you understand and we really talk and make sure that we know what we're going in for and we get to code in the new beliefs and right. that's the fun part is like you're thinking about what you know what the discomfort is and if you could wave a magic wand and and code in a belief that you'd love to walk around totally believing right. you know like i wanted to believe that i'm free of this contract like i'm super <laughs> excited they're like oh my god no it's true one session for me, even like the one who believes that I can't be helped as one session for me. And that that's because I came in really specific, but I'll tell you, I was only specific because I've been struggling with this and really thinking about like, what is the issue here for me? So I did a lot of journaling and I'm a belief code facilitator. So I did some sessions on myself, but I got to a point where I was like, I can't do this on myself. Mm. I want someone else to, to walk me through this because I want to hear what their take is and the questions they might see that I'm not going to see when I'm doing this to myself. So, right. yeah. And I think um, based on my experience with you, I can see where having a, you know, an outside facilitator, especially when you're getting into the story, you know, yeah. whatever. <laughs> that yeah. Is, yeah. yeah. Or even a past life, you know, that's what I mean, the, that's right. what I mean, like the past life or, you know, right. whatever it yeah, is. For sure. Uh, Better to have someone external ask you the questions. Yeah. And especially, and I will say from a human design point, if you are a manifesting generator or a generator, you need that external stimulus. Yes. Because if you are asking yourself the questions, you're in your head. Yeah. Which mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you're only going to get so far. Right. You'll only get so far for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So I, and I've never asked you this before. Um, this is a curiosity question that since we are a connection to the cosmos, this is the show. Have you ever had any UFO or alien experiences that you are aware of or thought, hmm, that was weird? Um, I had, yes. And um, it was an entity. I had, I was just graduating from my master's program. So I was really deeply immersed in um, my own spiritual development and growth and shifting and changing energy and all of that. And I was in my little efficiency apartment a long time ago and I had a dream. Yeah. Um, I, gosh, I don't remember it now, 
but it was, oh, it was, there was an entity there and we were literally taking things out of me and I was okay with it. Like, mm-hmm. don't need that. I don't want that. This is harmful. Like we were just detoxing me, like pulling, uh-huh. literally pulling things out of me and it went on and on. And I was just allowing and just allowing and allowing. And then the dream got weird. Cause I, I looked up, I think I woke up, I don't know, you know, it's kind of hard to put words on this. And there was like a clock above me. Mm-hmm. And of course it didn't, it wasn't out of place because the mindset I was in, the place I was in, like that was okay. And then I turned to look at my clock on the stand and it had melted, kind of like in that painting of like- Like the Salvador Dali painting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. like that, it melted. And then I was like, okay, that is unusual. Like that, I must be dreaming then. And I was sad because I didn't want to go away from the entity that was helping me to let go. Yeah. And then I, I looked just a little bit more to the left and there was an entity there and it felt so loving and so bright and just such a loving presence, but it startled me. Okay. And so and- I startled right out of it. And then I was like, no, wait, no, come back. You know, I really wanted to be there. And so that yep. would probably be the most, the closest that I had to being in that kind of experience. Yeah. Yeah. That's a beautiful one. And so do you, do you have any recollection if that was your one and only experience? Like, do you remember that, that particular entity ever coming back? Um, work with you consciously, not, not consciously. The energy of it feels similar to other experiences. There's like a thread of common energy um, in that awakening, quickening, kundalini mm-hmm. experience i had last year there's there's a similar pulse signature in that okay that i recognize yeah okay well and so since you've had that awakening and the veils were all lifted all these curtains okay so are they still lifted and what is that experience like for you no oh. <laughs> and i remember i talked to my spiritual teacher and he he told me he said don't hold on to it mm. it, it will go and it will come back. You'll you'll have more. But I can feel myself holding on. Yeah. I mean, I was saying things to my husband, like I started using the word we. Like, we know this is coming. This is inevitable. We need to prepare. Like there was a lot of things that were coming forward. And and I was starting to use the word we. And he kind of looked at me and I was like, This is a truth for me right now. This it's this is a, it's a we right now. Yeah. And that's why I needed to get myself grounded, get in the garden for whatever reason. Flowers were finally like, yay, she knows how to do this now. Mm-hmm. And because I've I I'm not very good with that at all, but I needed to be in that connection. And um I've tried to stay connected to that as deeply as possible. I do a lot of meditation or you know, journaling. Um, but it's not the same. And, okay. and again, I was warned, don't don't try to hold on to it, you know. Yeah. So, one. So you just mentioned your spiritual teacher, which you didn't do in your bio, but I. Um, oh, yeah. You have been working with a spiritual teacher for yeah. how many years? Well, I've had one for twenty-two years, and yeah. he's kind of one who walks amongst us, kind of people. Um, he's eighty-two, and lives here in Austin, and has been my meditation teacher for a very long time. And um, he's soft and gentle. And then after my son was born, 
um, my son is 11, I started working with uh, another teacher who I don't believe is from this planet. Mm -hmm. um, he lives out in the mountains of California, probably literally makes his own energy. Um, he throws energy off wherever he goes. Even some science people have tried to test him and he blew up their machines. This is what I've heard okay. from one person who's worked with him that I know. Yeah. Um, his work is very, um, not, it's personal in that everything, you are the creator. So yeah, that way it's personal, but it's not personal. Like he's not loving. <laughs> he's okay. not, not the uh, doesn't, <laughs> doesn't, he's not soft and cushy and caring. Um, and he, you know, any kind of specialness that shows up, he's quick to get it out of there. Um, I grew up with specialness. It's how I kind of survived in a, in that environment. So it's been, it's, it's been a pretty, um, kind of like holding onto the bumper on a rocky road with him, but I'm holding on. <laughs> and sometimes I get in the back seat. I'll never be in the front seat. But um, it's it's it opens my eyes to other possibilities and what's real. Okay. And so, what have you found to in terms of letting go of that that desire need to be special, feel special? I mean, is that still like an onion? Like it's, it's an onion. Yeah. For me. Um, but I'll tell you that the work that I do with him, it, there's a lot of meditative practices where it's all about how you are being on the inside while you're doing on the outside. And because the body's so such an indicator, you know, yeah. if your fingers are wide, it indicates kind of where your mind is and where, what you're attaching to instead of staying in your center. So there's a lot of body practices that I go into it going, I don't know why I'm, you know, breathing out one nostril or sitting with my knee like this, but I come to find out later and it makes sense. And it starts to fine tune itself into my world and how I exchange with people, places and things. And so it, it, it doesn't go against anything I've learned and all the years of studying, but it amplifies and fine tunes and tosses off the fat. So it's, but it's different and it's pretty radical. And I don't talk about him too much because I think he's like listening. Right. <laughs> well, does he say don't talk about the work that you guys do together? Or no, who not at all. No, he doesn't. I mean, he's the languaging that he uses. I did ask him once because he's got a whole manual of things and um, he's, I mean, just to, to call him a black, whatever, fifth degree black belt is, or whatever it is, it's ridiculous because he's beyond that. Like, he's like a Yoda, seriously. Oh. Um, but he says, share what you know mm. and share what you are handling. And what that means is I'm not just learning. It's not just up here. It's that I'm actually applying it and using it and being it and learning from it. And it's growing within me. That's what to share. Yeah. Like, hey, that's really good. I found that at a seminar and I want to be able to say that because I get it. It's, it's more about, it's even more than embodying it. It's the beingness of it. Yeah. So I'm allowed to share, but I don't use the words that he uses because they're from a, a, the tradition that came before Buddhism. I think the Bampo tradition or something. I don't know. Okay. That's such okay. a story. And I, I'm afraid to ask him because he, he always asks me why I want to know. 
What's interesting about that, what you just said, is that um, the alien race known as the Vegans, um, they are the ones that are thought to have brought that original spirituality, pre-Buddhism, pre- oh, interesting. Um, yeah, and, and pre-Native like Native American spirituality. There are a few different core things. So anyway, just wanted to throw that out there. That's right, he's not from this planet. Yeah. <laughs> From that, from that point of view. Well, okay, so we are running out of time now. So I would just love for you to share with how people can find you mm -hmm. and um, anything else, any final words that you want to share? Well, I love this. I love just chatting. And that's just like my favorite thing to do. There's no script. There's no pretense. It's just you and I talking and everybody gets to chime in. And I love that. And um, you can find me at aprildodd.com. And if you want the belief coding, it's aprildaw.com slash belief coding. And um, if you want to just talk about that and see if it's a fit for you at this time. I mean, I, of course, I do my coaching and that might be a better fit, but I'll help you to figure out what might be the best fit right now. Um, there's a link on my website for just a, a, a call, just a connection call. We can just figure out what's the fit for you. And most people do walk away with a nice little nugget gem of a next step for themselves that feels really aligned. You're cutting out a little bit, April. You got me? Okay, there? now you're back. So that left okay. a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever you just I don't I don't know what we missed. Um you have the connection call and then after yeah, that. and if and, and in that connection call, we find out what's the best fit for you right now. And it's, it doesn't even have to be about being with me, working yeah. with me. It might not be a fit. I want you to feel good about this. But most people do walk away with some sort of gem of a next step within themselves and an aha that they hadn't thought about before. So there's something that you get out of this, that short call. And uh, for those who just want to kind of see what it's all about and just kind of follow along and kind of develop a relationship, I just invite anybody to come join me in uh, my Facebook group called Spiritual Mom Babes. Um, it's a private group. So if you type in Spiritual Mom Babes, you might get two. I had some stalkers when I first created it. So uh, if you type in Spiritual Mom Babes into Facebook, you probably get that one. The one that has the, the more people in it, it's uh, Spiritual Mom Babe. So Facebook slash groups slash Spiritual Mom Babe. Babes. I took off the S to create a private group. Otherwise, I kept getting all these stalkers. So, you know. It's the sign of the time. So that's yeah. a great group to come in. I get free tips and tools and videos and um, I'll be doing some new workshops. I'm going to be creating a new uh, coaching group for those out there who are coaches for tips and tools, just some tricks to really stay connected with your clients and really have that impact. So that's coming soon as well. But you'll find out all about that if you're in one of my groups, either uh, sign up for my website or um, the Spiritual Mop Babes. Yeah, excellent. And for those of you that are listening and not seeing how her name is spelled, it's April, A-P-R-I-L and Dodd, D-O-D-D. -D. So aprildodd.com. Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being here and taking the time and sharing with me and everyone else all of your gifts. And what I can say, um, knowing you for the years that I have and knowing the experiences that you've gone through in your life. Like you are the real deal. Like you, you live your life. You actually, your life is not perfect. <laughs> it really isn't perfect. Just like mine. And 
you know, we're human, right? Yeah, and so sure. we're through this. So you're a beautiful example of dealing with the things as they come up yeah. and figuring out what's the best way to navigate life. Yeah. 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 Climbing out of the rubble all the time, but yeah. differently and with more tools each time. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. And that's the key. Yes. Well, for those of you watching or listening, thank you so much. And thank I hope you. next time. Aloha. Yeah. Thank you.